Hi, and welcome to Chemical Free Gals podcast. I hope you're doing well. I wanted to let you know that if you haven't already subscribed, please be sure to visit chemicalfreegal.com where you can sign up for free updates by just providing your email address. That will enable you in the future to receive notifications of new posts that I write and new podcasts. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and soon on YouTube. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and I want to jump right into our topic, but I wanted to start it with a question. The question is, how are relationships affected when you have mold illness and or toxicant induced loss of tolerance? Now, last week, if you heard my podcast, I went into a little bit of detail on what happened to me. I shared a little bit about my sick story and how, you know, I was very healthy in my early twenties and then decided to switch my career, um, and ended up extremely sick because of working in a building that had, you know, water damage. And so if you haven't heard that podcast, I highly recommend you listen to it. If you know anyone who has been made ill because of their environment, I highly recommend you share it with them so they can listen to it. And so today's question is kind of a, uh, a follow-up to last week's podcast because after I aired that podcast, I had someone write me through my blog, chemicalfreegal.com, and they asked, you know, they said, how can we get our friends and family to kind of get on board because this is so hard. It's, it's devastating. And I feel like every single one of my relationships, including my marriage is being severely affected. You know, this is really hard. And so this person that wrote in was just sharing their heart and it's a, it's a real problem, you know, that many people face today who are made sick either by toxigenic mold or by chemicals. You know, relationships take something as simple as uh, your best friend. So maybe you've had a best friend for the last two years, five years, a decade, maybe since you were a child. And before becoming sick, you were carefree, you know, about where you went, what you did, the places you uh, enjoyed sitting down for a meal. Maybe you enjoyed travel together. And all of a sudden, all of those things are just yanked away from you. And your best friend is kind of left hanging in the air. Well, where's the girl or the guy that I knew all these years? You know, where's the person? Where's my partner in crime? And if a relationship is not built on the right foundation and that friend doesn't truly, truly, truly understand your situation and what you're going through, the relationship will um, definitely be affected. There's no doubt about it. I mean, even in strong relationships, getting injured by mold, mycotoxins, biotoxins, getting injured by chemicals completely destabilizes healthy relationships. You... (laughs) It's almost like I can't even express how many times I hear this and 
I share about this a lot on Facebook and I have a lot of people that will message me or send me a quick email or a note and say, my gosh, my husband left me. My wife left me because I was sick. And on that topic, I'll recommend a book. If you were injured by chemicals or even mold, check out the book called Poisoned. It's by attorney Alan Bell. It's a friend of mine. I met him a couple years ago. Alan has a tremendous story. His wife actually left him and their young daughter while he was, you know, tethered to an oxygen tank, unable to tolerate the world around him and living in Arizona. I mean, his story is, is remarkable. And they had what seemed like a great relationship. He lived in Florida and ended up getting really sick. Well, I won't spoil the book, but I recommend you check it out. I actually I wrote a, a short review about it on my blog on chemicalfreegal.com. If you type in Alan Bell, B-E-L-L, you'll be able to find the article um, and read it and have a link to the book. You know, so Alan's story is just a reminder that this is an illness that can touch anyone at any time, regardless of their relationship. And it's really something that, like I said, it can destabilize healthy relationships. And in the case of a best friend, well, if you don't have an open communication with them and they are not seeing you struggle, maybe they haven't been there after you've had a reaction or an episode or you know, they haven't hauled you off to an ER because your throat's closing up or you're having seizures, etc. Maybe they won't get it. Sometimes it takes people to be there in person and see what's happening. And so I would recommend that if you have a best friend who's kind of just maybe acting a little selfish, um, it's probably all they know to do because they love you, right? You know, you've been their ride or die probably for a long time and they miss you. And maybe they resent you because they don't understand what you're going through. The saddest cases that I've heard is when a friend, a close friend, or even a family member completely doubts that an illness is real. And that's really hard. And it's even harder when people say hurtful things um, and then they cross the line and become abusive. And so... I don't recommend you stay in any relationship where people are crossing the line and being abusive with their language or in other, other ways. That's something that you need to kind of, you know, put up the hedge and see a later alligator. You know what I'm saying? Like the kids say, um, I don't condone that in, in any, in any way whatsoever. I don't think that people who are sick should be victimized and mistreated or abused. And it happens so much. We don't hear about it, but what I'm talking about today is just, you know, how relationships change because of these chronic illnesses. And in the case of a, you know, a married couple, maybe your husband was, you know, the guy that worked hard every day and went out and provided for his family, you know, managed to save enough money to take a few nice vacations during the year you guys did date night every couple months. You know, you were able to go to events together for your children if you have children or maybe plan on having children if you don't have. And then all of a sudden, he's sick. He's left, you know, paralyzed almost or in a wheelchair or like attorney Alan Bell, you know, tethered to an oxygen tank and 
just struggling to breathe, to survive. And then all of a sudden you're pushed into a position of, well, now I have to be the strong one. I have to do all of the things that my husband was doing, plus all the things that I was doing. And if you had a full-time job already as, as a wife, well, and, and, and your income wasn't, wasn't enough and you relied on your husband's income and you relied on him for other things, then all of that is lost. And now you're in a position where you have to be super mom and that partner of yours, well, he's not looking so good every day. He doesn't shave. It's hard for him to get up and shower. His cologne makes him sick in the case of uh, toxic and induced loss of tolerance, also known as environmental illness, normal everyday products that are unsafe and toxic for everyone. But I say normal because everyone uses these products. These normal products now are assault weapons, you know, that people are just firing at your husband, your sweet perfume that he loved for you to spray on when you guys went out on dates. Now it pushes them into anaphylactic reactions and migraines and vomiting or whatever else. And you're kind of left like, this isn't what I signed up for. I mean, where's the man I married? Where's my hero? And on the flip side, you know, when it happens to the wife, I think men have a much harder time dealing with this because, um, Men, and I'm not saying all, but a lot of the men that I've spoken to, this is the mentality. They want to fix it. They want a solution. They want to do whatever they can to fix it and jump over that hurdle and it's done with. And so when they realize they can't fix a sick and broken wife, I think that's where resentment sets in and they start building up this wall and it affects the relationship so very much. Um, the wife is hurting. She's sick. And this even becomes harder when the husband doesn't believe that the wife's condition is a real condition. And that makes it very, very difficult for the woman in this case. Um, and if there's children, it can be even more difficult. And so these conditions, they do affect. How do they affect? Well, they affect our communication. Because when we're, you know, exposed to certain triggers, um, we can't be effective communicators. You know, there are certain molds and chemicals that completely mess with your neurotransmitters and they, in women and in men, certain mycotoxins can mimic certain hormones like estrogen can cause pretty bad imbalances. And so now you have a person who their neurotransmitters are off, um, their hormones are imbalanced, and you then give them a trigger, you know, whether it's a mold or whether it's a moldy office or whether it's somebody spraying perfume in front of them or um, walking into a grocery store where they've just bleached or a neighbor spraying pesticides on their fruit trees and, and you have your windows open, that person is going to have a really difficult time communicating. In some cases, it can be absolutely impossible. I know because it's happened to me one time specifically with pesticides. I did not know my neighbor was spraying Roundup. 
um, she made a point of going outside without a mask, without protection. And, you know, she was an elderly woman, very sick. And, but she'd spray all her fruit trees with Roundup. Now she wasn't just spraying the ground. This woman would look up with a, you know, the, those containers that you put on your back with the sprayer. She would look up, reach up with her hands and spray over her, you know? And so all of the Roundup was just falling in her face, on her body. Well, one day I was in my bathroom you know, straightening up a little bit. And I had my phone, someone had sent me a message and, um, I was wiping down the sink and stuff. So I sat down, I'm going through my phone. I was going to reply to something. And all of a sudden I started going numb on my right side, my arms, my shoulder. I started having a pounding sensation in my chest. Then it moved over to my left side. And I said to myself, am I having a stroke? Is this a heart attack? What, what is happening? And I could not get words out. I tried to yell, scream. My husband was out of town at the time, was a few hours away. I had my oldest at home, but they were in a different part of the house. And I could not, anything I said just came out as gibberish. That had never happened to me prior to that. Um, And I was able to text, you know, my oldest and say, please come over and try to explain to them and I'm talking and they're like, mom, you're, you sound like you're drunk. You're, what are you saying? And I ended up having to text as best as I could. I mean, I was sick for that entire weekend. I ended up paramedics ended up coming to the house and I ended up having to get medicine through IV and just, it was just a horrible ordeal. And we later found out it was because the neighbor was doing her, you know, her roundup spray. I have a bad habit of you know, I just love the cold weather. And so whenever it's like in the forties or fifties, I like to open up all the windows and that's what I had done that day. You know, it's not a bad habit. It's actually a good habit. We should, we should, you know, make sure the air is circulating where we're living or where we're working. It's super important. And so I had the windows open. So the window was open right over my head in the bathroom, but the window was a little bit higher than what I could see. So I couldn't really see out to what my neighbor was doing. My neighbor's um, fence at the time was a good hundred feet, okay, from my bathroom window. So not a lot of space. And that completely devastated me. My husband rushed home from where he was. You know, he called a bunch of people, asked them to please pray. And it was just chaos. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't communicate. It was an excruciating pain. You know, my husband had a hard time just looking at me like that. He, he, you know, thought, he's like, you look like you're dying. It was scary for him. It was scary for our children. Things like that, when they happen over and over and over again, if a relationship isn't cemented, it will really cause some division and some issues, especially if the spouse doesn't believe it's a real illness. And so I would recommend that if you're in that situation, please have your spouse go to your doctor's appointments with you, have them hear what your practitioners have to say. Um, If there's any uh, literature resources, any publications on regarding your illness, share them. Sometimes all it takes is for a person to understand in their own terms what's going on. Now, if the person is is just having a hard time understanding because in their mind, 
Mold is not a big issue. Chemicals aren't a big issue. Don't get upset at them. And I, I feel so bad every time on social media, you know, I know a lot of lovely people who are, who have been injured by mold and chemicals, but they can be so nasty. And you know what? Nasty doesn't change anything. You know, you have to be what you want, you know, others to be. So if, if I want others to be kind and compassionate towards me, I should try and show that same kindness and compassion. Now, I will say, if people, if you're being a jerk to me and you're belittling me and just writing off my illness and you don't want to learn and you're just, I'm going to write you off. I'm going to say, okay, kumbaya and sing by myself and you, you know, find yourself another friend because I'm not going to put up with that. I don't have to put up with it. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to let you go. I'm not talking about their circumstances. I'm talking about long lasting friendships, relationships where there is a mutual love, but there is a lack of understanding because there's a lack of knowledge. In my last podcast, I mentioned how, you know, I said I was a master wearer of all perfumes and it's true. You know, I loved my perfumes. I didn't understand that over 90% of the ingredients in perfumes are derived from petroleum. You know, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that, you know, the word fragrance can mean dozens of chemicals and they don't have to be disclosed because of proprietary laws um, that companies, you know, seek out to protect their, you know, their formulas. I didn't understand that my daily spring of perfume could alter my hormones, could make me, um, put me more at risk for certain cancers. I didn't understand that, you know, wearing certain fragrant products like lotions, you know, plugging in a scented, um, apparatus in my vehicle. I didn't understand that that could trigger or make, you know, my, my child's asthma worse. I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't a bad mom. I wasn't an idiot or a jerk. I just was not informed. I wasn't educated on that topic. The same can be said of diet. You know, prior to getting sick for many years, I was a champion and I still am for healthy, clean eating. I believe that if we give the body what it needs, God created us in such a way and he put placed everything on this earth with amazing properties we can aid our body in the healing process by eating the right things. It's not just about environment. Eating is also important. And so I've always been a champion about these things, but I wasn't always, you know, ask me when I was 17, 18, I was driving through, you know, checkers. <laughs> and I think they, they're uh, the ones that had the two for two sandwiches and the fries. I can't remember, or maybe it was Burger King or something. I always hated McDonald's. So I wasn't ever a McDonald's fan. Sorry, McDonald's fans. It was Checkers, Burger King. I was a major Burger King fan. And I ended up actually getting quite sick and having a lot of digestive issues and constipation. And that's just a, a, a you know, a topic for another podcast. Um, because I wasn't, I can't say I wasn't aware because, you know, my dad was always speaking to me and sharing uh, to me about the importance of eating healthy of eating plants and fruits and vegetables. Um, he's one of the main people I learned, um, from in regards to herbal medicine, him and his mom, my grandma. And so it's not that I, I wasn't educated. I did have some information, 
but I kind of shunned it. I was like, you're old <laughs> and I'm young and my body can handle those things. Right. And so it, it took me having my first child and seeing that child extremely sick with asthma on six plus medications a day, breathing treatments around the clock for months and months. It took that to open my eyes for me to change, you know, uh, more of my eating habits for me to change just more of our environment little by little. So I would recommend be kind, you know, the angry comments that I, I, I see on social media, you know, people dropping F-bombs and just cursing and being nasty at one another and saying, you should understand me. Your, you know, fragrances are, you know, repulsive and you stupid idiot. And <laughs> the stuff that I read is very disheartening. And I think that we have a position that we can really inform others um, and be compassionate as well. Because you know what? The chemicals aren't just affecting us. It's affecting them too, whether they realize it or not. And so I think little by little, we can share information that can be helpful. And in relationships, well, I just recommend that communication is very, very, very important. If you're unable to, unable to communicate for whatever reason, and you can write, write it out. I think writing is a great way of expressing what you're going through, what you're feeling, send letters to your friends, write a letter to your spouse. If it's too hard or difficult to talk because you're not feeling well, or you just want to avoid a, an altercation, write a letter. And, um, in the case of friends, well, I would say if a friend has seen you become very sick and they still question, then I would question the friendship. I've had, you know, and I talked about it in a, in an article I have, if you go on my blog, chemicalfreegal.com, I have an article that's entitled, what does it feel like to get sick from mold and chemicals and how can friends and family offer support? And in this article, I talk about an experience I had, you know, a while back with a friend that's known me for over a decade. They've seen me sick. They've been in my house when I've had paramedics there and we were somewhere that I had chosen to go to that day. I had had to had IV fluids because I was very sick and I sacrificed to be somewhere. And I just made a simple comment like, Hey guys, before um, a whole bunch of people come out, cause it was near, you know, office building with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I said, before, you know, people start coming out of the building, we kind of need to move because um, I'm really struggling today and I don't want to be hit. And so this person that's known me, that loves me, just, fra you know, like their face frowned and they're like, oh, gosh, you're being so intoler intolerable today. And that was so hurtful, very hurtful for me. I know that, I don't think they said it to hurt me per se, but they were just like, they just didn't understand that that day I'd been seen, you know, I had had a few hours of IV fluids because I was very sick. I was really giving my all to be in that place that day, feeling like absolute garbage. And instead of offering support, you just crushed me. And so that was really hard. You know, um, I've had other circumstances like that where people have come over and I'm trying to get over a previous, you know, sick event. And I react to something on them and I say, Oh gosh, I can't come near you you know, you smell really strong. 
And instead of offering a compassionate or, oh, okay, well, what do you think it could be? I get hit with, what? I didn't put on any perfume today. We didn't wear any perfume today. (laughs) And it's like, what are you saying? Are you trying to tell me, (laughs) the person who has this illness, that you, you don't have something on you that could be offensive to my immune system, to my respiratory system? It's like, don't argue with me. I'm not making it up. I think that's really hard in friendships and, um, but they are, there is hope. I think that when we can communicate effectively, um, and effective communication requires a little bit of bareness, you know, you have to be bare a little bit. You have to be a little transparent. You have to show people, the people that you love, that you're a human being and and you're going through something that they may just not understand just kind of reveal a little bit of what's going on in your heart and the circumstances that you have been pushed into that you didn't ask for. And in most cases, if your friend loves you, you know, they're going to be supportive. It might take them a while. So just be patient with them. Now, under no circumstance, tolerate abuse. I'll say that again, because I think it's really important. If you have friends that say abusive, mean and nasty things, say goodbye sayonara. See you later. Um, don't stick around for that. You know, one deserves that pray for them and let them go. And so, you know, I wanted to say also, and sorry, I kind of lost my thought there. So I apologize. This week has been a rough week for me regarding exposures. Um, and so my voice is a little scratchy and I'm kind of, you know, having a little bit of brain fog. So I'm sorry if I sound a little loopy, but I wanted to talk about, um, relationships. Lastly, the relationships we have with children, you know, the children of parents who are suffering from these chronic illnesses, they miss out on so much guys. It's critical. If you have a friend or family member who has been injured by mycotoxins, mold chemicals, and they have certain neuroimmune or autoimmune conditions, I beg of you, please show up, show up to babysit. If they have young kids, show up to pick up their kids. You know, I can't think of how many times I just cried and wished that the people in our circle when our kids were young would show up and do this for me. It happened a few times. I mean, I can count them on one hand over a period of years where someone showed up. I was a beautiful single mom, you know, I was sick and my husband was going through surgery after surgery, long story for another podcast. And I was barely making it, trying to go in and out of hospitals, taking care of young kids, working full time, trying to hold down the fort when my husband was basically out of commission for years. And this sweet single mom came with her kid and took out my kids. You know, she did it uh, about two or three times. And, um, it was just such a sweet gesture. If you're in that position to help, please help offer to go over, offer to help with cleaning, offer to help with cooking, offer to take their kids to a movie, right? And now make sure that you check with the parent or person who's sick beforehand so they can give you the pointers that you need in order not to to make sure that you're not going to injure them, right? So they'll be able to tell you what things you can and cannot do with their children where you can or cannot go. So that's really important. And don't get offended. Don't get offended when someone says, Hey, I can't have you 
go this or, hey, can you slip into a change? Can I give you a change of clothes? You know, I often, when I had money to do it, I would keep in a Ziploc, a big Ziploc bag, a change of clothes for men, women, and children. Brand new things that I'd buy, you know, um, at the store. And if people came over that were stinky and, um, or was family or something, I'd say, Hey, if you want to stay here, you're going to have to shower and change. And, um, some people would get upset and they'd leave and never come back. And some people would say, okay, sure. You know, shower and change. Sure. And if even to the point of putting on a, um, a little, ma uh, covering over their head, you know, those little plastic coverings that, you know, they use when you're in the cooking industry, I forget what they're called, the head, head head, um, head coverings. I don't know what they're called. They look like shower caps, but they're not. And if you had stinky hair, you know, you'd have to wear one, you know, when I was really sick. And so some people get offended, but please don't, if you're in the position, don't get offended. It's not against you. No one's attacking you. Your friend loves you. Your family member loves you. Don't take it personal. People may have to cancel lunch plans. Don't take it personal. Feelings get hurt because it's often not the first time that a sick person has had to cancel plans. Um, and maybe you'll throw out some unkind words. Don't do it. Think before you open your mouth. Um, your friend is already struggling. In most cases, I'll speak from personal experience. They are isolated and feeling like a recluse. Okay. When you are chemically intolerant and you have developed diseases because of mycotoxins, mold, and chemicals, you are in essence like a recluse. There are only certain places you can go. And in extreme cases, listen, I have friends in other places of the United States and Spain and other countries where they cannot leave their house. They are so sick. They cannot leave. When they leave, they have to leave with a full face respirator. They have to have special transportation. Be kind with your words because these people are on an edge. Most of the time, they're right on the edge of the cliff. And your attitude and your words can push them further down into despair. You know, I often joke and say that, and I said it in my, in my blog post that, you know, if I had, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time somebody got offended because of my health or my situation, you know, I'd have enough money to take a lavish vacation in Tuscany <laughs> and, um, it's funny, but it's true. People get offended and we lose friendships a lot. It's a reality. Even friendships that have gone on for years and years and years, people just decide to, you know, to leave, to ignore you, to maybe they even gossip about you and say mean and nasty things. You know, we've had circumstances where my husband's been in, in a church setting and explaining what happened to our family with with mold and homelessness and all this and having a group of, you know, people sitting there scoffing and laughing and making fun of what he's saying to the side, like, Oh really? And he overheard some of these comments like, Oh really? Oh yeah. Mold made them sick again. Oh geez. The wife, you know, it seems like everything aggravates her, you know, just snickering and nasty comments. That's not cool guys. You wouldn't like it if you had cancer or a serious disease 
and you required some outlandish treatment that most people didn't understand or a new treatment and everyone and their mother criticized you and spoke bad about you, you wouldn't like it. It would make you feel like absolute junk. And so if you're in that position, whether you serve in a church, whether you're the head of a household, whether you're a child of a parent who's sick, please, number one, respect. Number two, show kindness. Number three, show up because they need you. These relationships are all affected by these chronic health, chronic health conditions and people need friends, family, and loved ones to show up. So I want to thank you today for just participating. I might make a second you know, podcast or continuation of this because it is an important topic. So if you'd like to hear me continue with this topic, just shoot me a line, send me an email, comment underneath uh, my blog post. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. My prayer is that God would strengthen each and every one of you. Take care and God bless.